welcome back to CityCast. I'm your host, Julia Menezes, and today I'm excited to bring you an episode about sidewalk snow clearing in Hamilton, Ontario. Unlike other Canadian municipalities, including Burlington and Guelph, the city of Hamilton does not currently clear residential sidewalks. Of the 2,445 kilometers of sidewalks in Hamilton, just over 300 kilometers, or 16.2% of sidewalks, are cleared by the city. Our guest today is Daniela Mikanowski, a former City Lab semester in residence student who researched Hamilton's snow clearing policies as part of her undergraduate thesis. To begin, let's invite Daniela to introduce herself. So my name is Daniela Mikanowski. I am a recent graduate of the Arts and Science program at McMaster um, and did a City Lab semester in residence in 2019. For my undergraduate thesis, I basically wanted to investigate the city of Hamilton's snow clearing policy for sidewalks. As of this past year, um, the city's policy for clearing sidewalks when it snows was that it's the responsibility of the individual property owner or resident to clear the sidewalk. So in the case of city-owned properties like City Hall, public schools, and also the Catholic schools, um, and things like parks, the city would clear those and they had the budget for clearing those uh, sidewalks. But in the case of pretty much everywhere else, so sidewalks that are in front of plazas, sidewalks that are in front of street front shopping, and also sidewalks in front of homes, all of those uh, were not being cleared by the city and it was responsibility of individual property owners or red occupants to clear that snow. The responsibility to clear snow is enforced through a City of Hamilton bylaw which states that snow must be cleared from sidewalks within 24 hours of the end of a snow event. But, as Daniela describes, there are problems with this system. There's two main issues. The first is that not everyone's physically able to clear the snow themselves. For example, if you're an older adult or someone living with a disability and you can't clear the snow in front of your sidewalk, you could be subject to a fine and it's kind of unfair that to impose those fines on people who physically can't clear their snow especially people who can't afford to pay a snow clearing service like a private company to come clear the snow for them so it was kind of like an equity issue on that stand but uh, the bigger issue and the one that people might have heard about in the media was the fact that the snow wasn't getting cleared properly the bylaw wasn't strictly enforced and so a lot of people just weren't clearing their snow If just one part of the sidewalk in front of one house isn't cleared properly, it makes the whole block inaccessible. One aspect that I'm confused about is the distinction between snow removal being a responsibility of property owners versus snow removal being the responsibility of occupants. What's the difference? It's kind of funny when it comes down to it. The city's bylaw says property owners slash occupants, and that's not very clear. If you own your house and you don't have someone who's renting the unit, so like you are the owner and occupant, it's your responsibility. The challenge comes into uh, when you talk about rental units, and I actually explore this in like a subsection of my thesis. Basically, there's a loophole that landlords are taking advantage of. And in leases, landlords are including a little clause that says that it is the tenant's responsibility to clear the sidewalk. And at this point, the responsibility of clearing sidewalks has been shifted from the property owner, being the landlord, to the occupant. Daniela described that this loophole is commonplace across Hamilton. Despite the Ontario Residential Tenancy Act, 
which states that landlords must keep properties safe from accumulations of snow and ice. The Act also states that any clause in a lease that contradicts the Act is automatically void, which makes the loophole seem a little bit less like a loophole. In 2009, a case at the Ontario Court of Appeals brought this contradiction into focus. Uh, what happened was this woman who was renting a unit slipped on some ice outside of her home, um, fell and got hurt. She sued the landlord because he should have kept it clear. But in their lease, there was a, a little phrase that said that it was the tenant's responsibility to keep the sidewalk clear of ice and snow. And this is actually not public sidewalk. This is the, the sidewalk that's like private on the unit. The first court that it went to actually ruled in the landlord's favor, but the tenant appealed it and it went to the Ontario Court of Appeals, which is a higher level court. And at this point, the lease was in contradiction with the act because it violates the act where it says that it's a responsibility of the landlord to clear the snow. The outcome of the 2009 court case seems promising for tenants, but as Daniela describes, it only really sets a legal precedent, meaning that it only applies if the landlord and tenant go to court over the issue of snow clearing. In summary to your question about um, occupants versus owners, the, the differentiation doesn't really matter in the city of Hamilton, but it does when you look at the greater situation of law. When you get into terminology surrounding snow removal in Hamilton, there's a lot of different words. Two of those words are snowpack and bare pavement clearing. Could you explain what those terms mean? Yeah. So when a snowplow, like the type of plows that would a city would be using if they were clearing it, um, it's like across the board. Um, it's like this little machine, uh, kind of like a tractor that comes along the sidewalks and clears. Those scrapers or the plows can't actually lift all of the snow down to bare pavement um, because if their shovels were that low to the pavement, it would actually it would damage the pavement, and we'd be spending millions in pavement repairs every summer to replace the stuff that was broken every winter and repeating the process every year. So it's not feasible to be clearing right down to bare. So there's two options. Um, they can either apply salt, uh, road salt. And so if the tractor came along clearing the snow in front of it and dropping salt behind it, that would clear it to bare pavement, which is like the pavement that you see in the summer. This has additional costs associated with it because you need to buy salt. Um, the, the tractors themselves can't actually carry a lot of salt. So you actually need to have bigger trucks that travel along with them and reload them with salt throughout the day. So it's like those additional financial costs. And there's obviously the large environmental costs associated with using road salts across the entire city. Um, we already use road salts to a mixed use st uh, standard. We don't put just road salt. It's kind of a mix of salt and sand, from my understanding, in our road clearing policies because meeting Ontario standards, if that makes sense. The other thing is um, snowpack, and that's a situation where they shovel the snow, but they don't apply salt. And so the guarantee there is that they'd be able to clear down to five centimeters. So say it snows 20 centimeters, the, the snow plows would clear 15 of those centimeters, and there'd be five centimeters remaining. It's kind of like when it snows in Hamilton and people don't clear their sidewalks, and it only snowed like a couple centimeters, but that stuff gets flattened down. It could get icy. Um, it could also be fine if you're wearing shoes that are like grippy, if you apply some sand down to it. The idea is that the bylaw would still be in place, 
So it would still be the individual resident or property owner's responsibility to clear the sidewalk after the five centimeters. Now, when you get really big snowfalls, like this past winter we had in February, like three days where we had like a ton of snow one after another. After events like that, having a snowplow to do the grunt work of clearing 75% of that snow and then residents coming out and clearing that last little bit is really useful. But it's also pretty expensive because this snowplow wouldn't go out every time. If it only snows four centimeters, they're not coming out. Now, if you get an ice storm or if you get really icy conditions, the city will come out and put down salt. They're not like, we don't use salt because it's bad for the environment. Like they will still use it for conditions that are dangerous. But generally, the snowpack condition is where they wouldn't be applying salt. And the bare pavement condition is where they do apply salt. That's the main difference between them. So where does that leave us? How does the city decide between these two options? Essentially, there's like a whole bunch of different costs that you look at. And when you approach this from like an interdisciplinary perspective, there's a lot of different things to take into account. So on the environmental aspect, if I was only thinking about the environmental issue, then I would say that snowpack is better. And that's because the impacts of the salt application from the bare pavement would be really devastating to the environment because a lot of the road salts that you apply end up getting washed into the water streams um, and they impact, they also impact, I mean, plant life very close to the roadways. I mean, in McMaster, like by Law M, like, there's a study about implementing special plants that grow in salty conditions along the parking lot because of how salty it is. So the environmental impact is such that the snowpack clearing would be better. On the other hand, if you consider this from the perspective of access and equity, um, snowpack condition might not be enough for every member of our community. As someone who is able-bodied and can afford, you know, shoes with boots with grips, I'm totally fine to walk on snowpack condition. But some people who use a walker, use a wheelchair, push a child stroller, depend on walking to bring their groceries home in a cart, all these like wheel devices, even like using a cane, if the snow is three centimeters of snow, that still could be a challenge. Um, Five centimeters is enough to be hard to push a stroller through. When we consider like some of these members of our community who are more impacted by snow clearing or by inadequate snow clearing, and we solve this by clearing to snowpack, we aren't actually addressing this equity issue. So on terms of that, clearing to bare pavement would be a lot better. Then if you look at the financial costs, I mean, bare pavement is more expensive just for the fact that you have to buy salt. So if you want to save costs, you want to keep taxes low, then clearing to uh, snowpack is better. You have to balance all of these different things and what the city ended up deciding, and I guess we can get more into the whole thing with the city and coming to a decision and and debates on this, um, was weighing, they had to weigh these different things to come up with what they decided was the best choice or the cheapest choice in what the city's eyes is. (laughs) Since Daniela initially started this project, a decision was made and things have changed somewhat in Hamilton. In April of 2021, City Council approved a pilot project to clear sidewalks along public transit routes. But the path to get there wasn't so straightforward. So this started year, like since the amalgamation of the city, this has been discussed like four times. And then, you know, council debates it, council decides to delay it, you have an election, this issue has come up again and again. 
the most recent iteration of this started in 2019. And some of the counselors were like, can we bring this back to the table? And so basically the city council asked the public works committee to look into it. The public works committee tells city staff, can you look into it? And then the city staff make a report. They give that report to public works. Public works needs to approve it. Public works, I mean, it's a, it's a committee of counselors, but not all of the counselors. It's kind of like a subsection of city council. So uh, the city staff make a report. They give that to public works. Public works gives that to city council. City council's like, that's nice, but can we get more? And that has happened three or four times since 2019. And you have to keep in mind that every time they ask for a report, it takes six months. So this has been taking a bit, a bit of time. Last year, um, and so we're talking about February 2020, right before the pandemic, um, City Council asks for a more comprehensive report that will look into equity issues as well as public engagement. During that time, they had a lot of um, delegations, so like people who asked to come to speak to City Council explaining why it's really important for them to improve on the snow clearing. So that was like a big thing that happened last year. And then the pandemic hits and you they just asked um, city staff to create a report for them uh, to, that includes public engagement, which is a little bit hard during a pandemic. In the background, Engage Hamilton, which is this new online platform for community engagement was about to launch. So the city staff were like, let's hold and wait for the public engagement tool of Engage Hamilton before we, you know, do our engagements that way we can, we'll put a hold on the report. So what ended up happening is that Engage Hamilton launched a little bit later. And then by the time they did the public engagement, they started in late summer 2020 when they had meant to start in the winter 2020. Um, and then by the time that was finished and then they writing the report. So the report, which should have come in summer of 2020, came in November of 2020. Um, and at that point, that was too late for discussion to be included in the budget discussion that just most recently happened. It was too late. But what this means, is it's going to take longer until we actually have snowplows on the ground. In the 2020 uh, report, when they gave it to city council, city council was like, that's cool. Can we have more? And so they once again sent city staff back to the table of asking them to do more research. Um, personally, I mean, as someone who, as part of her research, sat and watched the records of the city council meetings, there were some things I noticed that makes it obvious of why these things take so long. The fact that councillors can't remember the information in the reports, don't read it before the meetings, and then spend the entire meeting asking questions of things that were in the reports, and then they need more information because they didn't really read it. Things like that um, make this stuff take longer. I mean, it was also an eye-opening thing for me of seeing how long things take, but they asked for a new report and that came in early April. So the, the, the Public Works Committee was the first one to make a decision. And they actually, at the Public Works Committee, voted not to adopt new snow clearing. And at that point, I was like freaked out because I thought this was the end, that snow clearing wasn't going to happen. That wasn't the end. On April 28th, at a general council meeting, the issue of sidewalk snow clearing was revisited. Here's an excerpt of what Ward 1 Councillor Maureen Wilson had to say at that meeting. I'm, I'm honestly not sure what's left to debate on this subject, and but I, I am, to be honest, a, a little dumbfounded by those who state they actually need more information to make a decision. And I'm not sure what more, how much more information uh, we could possibly provide. 
This city has downloaded full responsibility for clearing a publicly owned asset to individuals, regardless of their ability to clear that snow. I don't know how you can possibly build a healthy, equitable, prosperous city on that basis. Um, we're going to have to do this. We're either going to be legally um, told we're going to have to do it, or we're going to be falling behind most other municipalities that are already doing this because of the tsunami of seniors and those who are aging. And, and we have a responsibility. Just weeks after that meeting, it seemed that Hamilton was falling behind. In Toronto, sidewalk snow clearing was recently expanded to narrow sidewalks in the downtown core. And 91% of Toronto's sidewalks are now cleared by the city. But turning back to Hamilton, some progress has been made. As Daniela will tell us, councillors did vote at the April 28th General Council meeting. They called it the compromise, which is the like least impact or like the, the least amount of change because what they were being proposed was three possible options the first option was um, not to do anything business as usual the second option was to clear along transit routes and the third option was to clear the entire city sidewalks in those second two options there was bare pavement and there was um, snowpack so you're kind of looking at five different options um, and each one has a different cost and a different associated increase to taxes so the lowest one, which is um, like the lowest change, which is above, you know, bare, bare minimum, is clearing along major roads or along public transit routes to snowpack. That's the most minimum. And that would increase the average homes property tax every year to, uh, by $12. The highest possible one was clearing the entire city to bare pavement. And that was an average increase of $30. Uh, per year. And this is, keep in mind, on a, a home valued under $400,000. So these things can also change based on the individual of how much their property is worth. But the city ended up deciding on the cheapest one. Now, it is an improvement. And for that, I am I'm happy that we have an improvement. It's, it's really important. I mean, when it snows, if you can't get to the bus, what good is a bus? if you need the bus, you know what I mean? If you can't get from your home to the bus stop, what does it matter if they cleared the little square where the bus stop is? So it's important that we be clearing the sidewalk. And, and so I'm, I'm thrilled that they adopted it and it's a step in the right direction. But if you live on a side street and you need to get from your side street to the main road and the side street isn't cleared properly and you need it to be cleared properly because you have access challenges or whatever, it doesn't matter that they cleared the, the main road. Like, I hear when they say it's a compromise because it's better than nothing, but there's a lot more that could be improved on. What are the next steps? Next steps is the city staff are going out and they're going to be um, kind of figuring out exact more details on exactly how much it's gonna cost. This vote gave city staff the directive to go find us someone to do this because the city isn't going to be clearing it themselves. They're hiring a contractor. So they need to find someone who's willing to do it. They need to figure out how much it's going to cost. And then they have to sign a contract. And then once they sign a contract, that contractor needs to go out and buy the supplies because now you're responsible of clearing, you know, a whole extra city. So you need to buy new machines. You need to, you know, buy the property where you're going to park these machines near the city. All of that takes a lot longer. So, the fact that we decided on April 28th, 2021 to clear the snow means that we will have snow plows on the ground 
at the best possible scenario um, on November 2022. So not this winter, but the following winter will is when they'll start clearing the snow. Again, delays could happen. You never know. But that's kind of the situation we're in right now. That provides perspective into just how long change processes in the city actually take to occur. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, I want to talk a bit more about Engage Hamilton. Um, so you mentioned that the city uses Engage Hamilton to gather opinions about snow removal, and many of these opinions did seem to be polarized. For example, here's a quote that was posted in September. Quote, I'm happy with the current process. The city can't afford another expense or higher taxes. Good neighbors help seniors. End quote. How do you respond to community members who are resistant to change and don't want to see the city take responsibility for sidewalk snow removal? I mean, the first thing that's important to keep in mind is when you have a survey, or in this case, like Engage Hamilton's platform, and you ask people for feedback, the most likely feedback you are to get is for people who are very um, in support and people who are very against it. Um, So it's not necessarily accurate that these voices represent the mass majority by any means. And I also don't think that the people who responded positively represent the majority either. There's probably a lot of people who just don't care. But people who live in the rural areas of Hamilton and have a couple streets with sidewalks and most like the streets that they live on don't have sidewalks will still have to pay increased taxes on this. So there's, I understand the argument of not wanting to, to have this. The last section of my thesis was actually like, Uh, frequently asked questions responding to some of these concerns and the last like four of those were I don't want this for x reason so I don't want this because I can clear my own sidewalk I don't want this because I can help my neighbors I don't want this because I don't live somewhere with sidewalks I don't want this because you know you should be punishing the people who don't clear sidewalks why punish us by making us pay more all of these arguments are like valid concerns but in the end of the day like what the so there's a couple things first of all if you don't live in somewhere that has sidewalks do you ever travel into areas of hamilton that do have sidewalks do you ever go to downtown hamilton because there's still times when you might benefit from it on a greater scale like there are members of our community who are in more need even if you don't ever walk that doesn't mean that we should be okay with the condition that members of our communities can't leave their homes or get stuck or get hurt. Um, it, I, I don't think that's okay. And so I guess going into a bit more detail of, of who these members of the community are and the impacts that inadequate snow clearing can have, um, the main ones are older adults, people with disabilities, parents in general, um, children, and even women are considered like a category of people who are disproportionately impacted. Did. And, and when you look at some of these, I mean, older adults, if they slip and fall, the impact of that can, can be really challenging for their life. Um, it's more than just, you know, a bruise and getting back up. That could be disabling, that could imp- have chronic pain imp- impacts, that has um, a strain on our health care system. And that's one thing I did um, mention, like I sent a letter to council, was the fact that our city doesn't publish any data on the number of slips and falls that are dealt with by our healthcare system. So I don't know the cost this has on our healthcare system, but it definitely has a cost. People do have to go to the hospital because they slip and fell on some ice and broke their hip or gash their head open and it might just be an emergency room visit but it could be a longer term stay and these sorts of things have a financial cost on us so by dishing out 12 dollars a year 
you are helping prevent these healthcare costs. You are helping people move around and increasing people's activity also has positive impacts on our community in terms of like reducing chronic health conditions because if you're more like if you're moving around where you're less likely to experience chronic health um, challenges later in life i i think it's i mean maybe this gets into a more political realm but i think it's important to bear the public cost of having a equitable society um and that's my personal opinion i understand not everyone has that opinion but i think there are you can look at it and see that there are financial benefits um, even if you personally don't want to clear the sidewalks. There's also the fact that you might say that you can clear your neighbor's elderly neighbor's sidewalk, but does that actually happen? Do your elderly neighbors feel comfortable reaching out to ask for help? Asking for help is a really vulnerable thing to do, and we shouldn't be expecting individuals to have to deal with the public cost of having equally accessible streets. We, we've taken the responsibility of clearing sidewalks and keeping our community safe, which I think is a municipal responsibility, and we've put it on the individual, and I don't really think that's fair. I thought it was really interesting that you brought up the healthcare system and that Hamilton doesn't currently record data relating to slips and falls on snow and ice. Why is that? There's totally a chance that they have this information recorded somewhere, but it's not publicly accessible or published, or at least if it, even if it is published, it's not uh, that accessible or easy to find because as someone who was spending time to do the research, I couldn't find it. As we discussed the strain of slips and falls on the healthcare system, Daniela also described that she experienced her own fall on ice while completing this project. She broke her elbow and ended up in the emergency room. When I was in the emergency room and I was speaking with nurses, I was like, this is hilarious because I'm actually doing a thesis on why sidewalks that aren't cleared and ice and might be icy are dangerous. And they were like, that's so funny because like, we definitely get a lot of these. Like, this is very common. The nurse who put my cast on explained that her husband, uh, I think two years prior, had slipped and fell on the ice at their neighbor's house and got a concussion. And, you know, they told the neighbors, you know, you need to clear the sidewalk. And the neighbor's like, oh, we're old. And I mean, the nurse was kind of annoyed because she was like, they should have just paid someone to clear it. I mean, I didn't have a debate with this with this nurse, but should it really be the responsibility of her neighbor to pay a company to come clear it for them? Or should the city be doing it to prevent these injuries? The fact that the nurses were like, yeah, this is something we deal with regularly. I mean, especially considering the uh, like the strain that the healthcare system is currently dealing with, the capacity that they're at, the fact that they, the hospitals were really at capacity before COVID started, and the fact that we're dealing with the impacts of that now, um, they don't need extra things to deal with in the winter. So kind of was a reminder to me, and also a reminder to me of how slips and falls can impact anyone. I am an able-bodied person. I am young. I when I was walking to school during the winter, I was, you know, wearing my boots and I felt comfortable and I was never worried about snow or ice. But I mean, the ice that I slipped on, I could have slipped on a sidewalk too, if it was icy. No one deserves to get hurt. No one, everyone should have the right to walk around their community and, and feel safe. So the fact that I'm still dealing with the impacts of this and will still be going to physiotherapy for at least a couple more months. And it's been three months since I, I fell. Uh, like it shows how long the impacts of, you know, a split second slip on ice can, can have on someone. 
We hope you've enjoyed learning more about Hamilton's sidewalk snow clearing policies with Daniela Mikonofsky. Do you have a topic that you would like to see featured on CityCast? Send us your comments or questions through audio message on anchor.fm slash citycast for a chance to be featured on a future episode. Thanks for listening.